Hello and welcome to the first edition of Puck Talk. My name is Jack Woods. I'm a freshman here and this is my first radio show by myself. Well, not really by myself. I have my the incomparable Ben Hatchet next to me who works in admissions. Too kind. Too kind, Jack. Yep, <laughs> Ben Hatchet here, 2017 DePaul grad. I'm not a super, super senior. I am venturing out of the admission office and into the sound booth with you. Thank you for that. I didn't want to do a radio show by myself. That's no fun. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be talking all things hockey for the next 40 minutes. We went through a little training for the first 20 minutes, a little bit of babysitting, since this is my first show. And mine as well. No, yeah. We had a great introduction in yes. the booth here. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. I have a little bit of media experience back in Nashville. I spoke a lot on 102.5 The Game with Justin Bradford with Penalty Box Radio. But... All I had to do was push a button. I didn't really have to learn all the soundboard tricks. And it's intense. Yeah. It's impressive in here. With the cueing, all the advertising, and all the songs, and all the strangely alternative music that we uh, have we're just, just lined up. We're praying we don't miss anything. No, I, I hope not. Um, like I said, we're going to be talking hockey. It's funny because this little area is like an intersection for the central division up north you have the blackhawks to the west you have the blues and down south you have my hometown the nashville predators right we can't forget those miscellaneous transplants from (laughs) all over all over the u.s right with their hockey allegiances coming from all over you have some columbus blue jackets fans ohio's not too far away not too far but I mean, not enough. Not enough. Yeah, and then we talked about it earlier when when prepping for the show. Those brave Red Wings fans that are on campus. It time hasn't been kind to the Red Wings in recent years. So it hasn't really been kind. To I don't Detroit know how many in general. Right. I don't know how many Red Wings fans are jumping to raise their hand and and announce their their fandom, if you will. I certainly wouldn't if I was uh if I was covering the the Red Wings. Yeah. Well, should we be honest and let, let listeners know where where our allegiances are as we're getting into this? You know. Technically, since I'm a sports writer, and oh, okay. I, I, okay. I, I, my boss gets on to me about this all the time, but technically I cannot say I am a fan of said team okay. if I am covering the team, but I will say that... Maybe you're growing up background then. Right. Uh, we'll keep definite, it vague. Definitely we'll keep the, it vague. the Nashville Predators are certainly sure. a team that I am interested yeah. in. Yeah. I would say the Pittsburgh Penguins are a team I'm, I'm rather fond of. Oh, I should have asked you that before we actually got on the air. I know. This is what happens to me every time. <laughs> I can defend my my allegiance later. Maybe that can be a later segment. Hopefully, because yeah. I, I'm actually kind of curious how you can stand to be a Phil Kessel fan. I know. Well, not anymore. Kessel, oh, th- yeah, he I got know. Traded. Phil the Thrill, love him. American hero. Got traded. Loves hot dogs more than anybody. He is now part of the uh, Phoenix or Arizona Coyotes, whichever they go by today. The yeah, the Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, since this is my show and since i love talking about the nashville predators that's what we're going to talk about first perfect we'll interchange between the blackhawks and the blues a little bit later i know we got some blues fans on campus and all that but especially right now stanley cup champs oh my gosh blues fans out there celebrate that keep playing gloria that was amazing yeah they were last place last place and they have i have a couple stats for if we want to get into it now um yeah sure the the blues actually have an interesting background they they like to uh i don't know roll the dice so the the first time they made a uh, stanley cup final appearance was was back in i believe 19 
It was 1967, and at that time, in their inaugural season, they also came from behind. So their first season ever as a team, they were last place at some point in the year, and they they managed to make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final back in 1967. They obviously did not win that one. Nope. And then you look you look at the numbers and some, you know, here here's my math skills coming put to the test. But since the 1970s, going on 40 plus years of, of no appearance in a final, mm-hmm. they do the very same thing in uh, 2019, coming from behind. Finally win it. To finally win it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's amazing to me about that is that nobody suspected it. No. Nobody Certainly su- not this team. Except one person. Right. Yeah. So. Well done. That was a beautiful tie-in. I, I'm i a master of segues. That was, that was good. Master of segues. So what, what Jack just queued up excellently is there was a Blues fan um, that earlier in the year put a $400 Stanley Cup bet for the then last place St. Louis Blues and that wager um, that was just for $400 ended up paying up big for this lucky fan um, he made that bet in January at the time when the Blues were near last place and uh, he made the bet in, in Vegas it was a 250 to 1 long shot bet mm-hmm. and the payout ended up being $100,000 $100,000 dollar bet to the then last place team in the NHL. Just a small portion of the paycheck. Right. You'd think it would be a throwaway, but it wasn't. No. Okay. I don't know if he had a time machine. No, he definitely had a time machine. I think so. He definitely had a time machine. But props to that guy. You know, the allegiances, it is amazing what, maybe not hockey fans just specifically, but what sports fans in general will do for their teams. It's remarkable. The kinds of links that they'll go to to support their teams. My my worst tradition is I promise we'll get back to hockey in just a second. But my worst tradition is probably painting the face. Mm. It is the you've most. Been, you've been a, a known face painter. No. Oh, okay. No, that it's is the most. You, it's the oh, most okay. obnoxious thing. Okay. In the world, why would you paint your face sure. a certain color? Yeah, I don't think I've ever. Painted my face no. for anything. Why would you paint your face? That just maybe a DePaul event. Maybe I'd consider it. But even then, I don't think. Still, yellow and black would not look good I'm, on anybody's I'm face. Sure, sure. What are you a bumblebee? I mean, I guess not. No. Don't we all bleed black and gold though? Come on. I don't. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I do not bleed black and gold. Okay. Not yet. Anyways. Never mind. That's right. Not yet. So Jack's just wrapping up week one. I've been here for seven years now. So no, I guess, yeah. I guess we're... No, you've been through the whole frat experience. Yeah. Maybe once yeah. I get to like year two, year three, right. I'll understand okay. your perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Back I'm, to so, hockey. I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're back good. To, back, to, back, 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 to, back to hockey. Uh, it was pre- related. Yeah. Sort of. Face painting. Fandom. Yeah. The fan experience in Bridgestone Arena back in Nashville. Oh, I can only imagine. I've been to a few games. And yeah. then with... with Broadway, right out when you exit it. Oh my! I mean, it is gosh. a party every time. Every in time. Nashville, yes, you got people, you know, cheering Live up music in the, everywhere. The terrible Florida Georgia line and Johnny Cash <laughs> restaurants. I mean, they're just impersonators galore. Oh yeah, Everybody, you got yeah. Elvis outside the gift shops and stuff. But There's the, a bachelorette party happening all the time. As all well. the time. Did, Nash, you, uh, did you see Vegas. that Twitter meme? Did you see that Twitter meme where it's just like the bachelorette parties got ruined by the NFL draft? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a different... I'm sure there were some parties that were really happy. Oh. But then, but then some probably didn't do the research and realize that there is this giant football convention going on. 
Oh yeah. It and if it was kind of fortuitous that the Preds did not make it to the second and third rounds mm. because the NFL draft and oh, the so Stanley Cup was, Finals okay. and the CMA Festival, it would have there would have been mountains okay. upon mountains of people and beer cans. Right. Yeah. Yep. The big trade of the summer was definitely PK Subban to the Devils. Got to talk about it, right? For almost nothing. Almost nothing. Two mm, players I had never even heard of. Right. And then a couple of draft picks. I was expect when I saw Subban to the Devils, I was thinking okay, Taylor somebody, Hall. Right. Somebody big's coming over. Taylor Hall, second line forward. Or it could be one of those legendary three-team deals. Right. Which you've seen a few of those. Yeah. Where you move one piece and then another. I don't really understand how those work sometimes. I don't either. But you'll have three teams talking. That's how Samuel O'Drar got onto the Avalanche and Kyle Turris got to the Predators. Right. So, and look how that turned out. But, you know, um, that was so devastating to me personally because P.K. Subban was the guy. Oh, absolutely. He brought so much marketing to Nashville. The they energy, a fantastic defenseman. I get it for the Predators. Maybe he brings too much attention. He can be pretty aggressive. Pure salary dump. Yeah. That's all that was. Yeah. It was, it, and I understand the, there's two sides of sports. There's what happens on the ice and there's what happens off the ice with the management and moving teams around and trying to fit the right pieces. But, that just put New Jersey back in the mix. Exactly. No, as, my, PK, my, as PK would actually say, back in the back mix. Back in the mix. Yeah. No, it, it, and New Jersey had been rebuilding. Mm-hmm. They were keeping it very competitive in the Metropolitan Division. You had history success with both the Capitals and the Penguins. Right. And then you had the Blue Jackets, who still have managed to keep right in there in the conversation. And then you throw in the Devils and the Islanders. The Metropolitan Division is cutthroat. The Islanders. Islanders. Made it to the second round of the playoffs. Right. On the coattails, on the leadership of the one and only Barry Trotz. It's got to be. It's got to be Barry Trotz. He didn't do anything in Nashville. Nothing. But you could argue he got you there. No, he didn't. No, no I, I don't think. I you don't th- think with the building, the leadership? The team almost shut down. The team down. is very different. The team almost shut down in the mid-2000s because it was so terrible. They were really considering yeah. displacing the team. I mean, it was just, I loved my most recent Nashville Predator game experience. Um, my girlfriend and I, we went to Nashville, gosh, that might have been our senior year at DePaul. So mm-hmm. a couple years ago, she got us tickets. Right. It was uh, Penguins Predators. Coming right off, right after the first Stanley Cup win in 2016, okay, for the Penguins before the back-to-back, um, it wasn't their first Stanley Cup win overall, mm-hmm. but before their back-to-back duo. Anyway, we're in the stands. We might have some upper rafter seats, and we're sitting there with uh, some Predators fans. We're talking, oh, you yeah. know, and they're like, "Oh, those Penguins are pretty good. We'll see what <laughs> happens tonight." And the fans were like, "This Nashville's a great group." Oh, and they were. They knew. It was going to be a slaughter, or that's what they suspected. Right. I think the actual final final score was five one Predators. Penguins oh, did yeah, not yeah, show yeah. up that day. I think Sid walked in, or maybe it was Phil Kessel at the time, walked in and put a goal in the first minute. Mm-hmm. That Predator game must have been like two years ago, three oh. years ago. Um, the really cool part where I'm going with this at the end of it all, that was the year that the Penguins and the Predators met for the final. Yeah. So cool to see how. Mm-hmm. 
And what impressed me most about that series was that Nashville was dominant mm. on home ice. Yeah. Dominant. Except that final game. Sisson scored. Mm. That whistle was premature and yeah. it should not have been should not have blown. And yeah, I know it was two years ago, and I'm still gonna sure. complain about it. Yeah. No, I mean I'm forever grateful you all traded Patrick Hornquist. <laughs> that man earns his living in the blue paint. He will work the crease unlike anybody. And where is James Neal anymore? He was Vegas. Is he still no, he's he's somewhere. He got traded. To Calgary. Where, where is James Neal now? I think he's in Edmonton, from what I from what I know. We have the technology. I'm well, we have our amazing tech guy on it. He's running great stats. You're right. He he's in uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I think that five, I think that five mil- north of the border into Canada. I think that five million dollar contract got terminated. Mm. But I mean he did not play up to par. $5 million last year. He was a healthy scratch in the first round against no, Vegas, Colorado. Vegas got him for a steal thanks to the ex- expansion draft. Oh my gosh. Having was, a leader like that who who's put up at least 30 goals a season consistently. Mm-hmm. But, but now I think he's at the end of his peak years. I mean you take... He's 31 years old. Yeah, he, he he's up there and the kind of enforcing style of play isn't really needed anymore. I mean, you don't really... No, there need- is no enforcer. Yeah. You, you don't For those re- of you that aren't too aware, hockey has changed a yes. lot. Yes. We should be mindful of our Indiana listeners and friends in the area. Right. Okay. That, while we believe hockey is, is one of, if not the, the greatest game to be played, it takes place on a large sheet of ice. Is everybody still with us? I hope so. Um, we... There's a... There's like a... There's like a black rubber... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Cylinder, like a flat cylinder, right? And they beat each other up with wooden sticks. Yep, that's hockey. Yep. Um, I don't know if five players take the ice of each team. You have uh, three plus a goaltender. Plus a goaltender. Um, it's a very fast-paced game for those of you that don't know. Right. Uh, all, uh, your it, entire team will actually play, and that's one of the reasons I do love it, mm-hmm. and why we can see such cool storylines as we talked about at the start of the show. A little bit about the Blues. Oh yeah, and how why why really it is a big deal for that team, especially for not for being where they were at dead last mm-hmm. to win the league's t- championship, the Stanley Cup. Um, Hockey is able to do that. Yep, where you really do have big names on each team, but you're cycling through in hockey thirty seconds to a minute is, is a actually long a long shift, a long shift on the ice. Yep, these players are booking it, and that's across leagues and levels. Mm. Um, but you get a lot of a lot of movement, mm-hmm. and then you, you used to have you know your third or fourth line might have enforcers and guys that would and uh, enforce. That would, enforcers are people that would um, what do you call it? Punch people in the face, right? And no, they the go and sit in a box for yeah. five minutes. And people often you probably think you know that when we talked about puck talk and this being the show, we're alluding to a hockey puck, that cylindrical disc that yes, Jack mentioned, um, but. The great part about it is, you know, you have so much movement. The whole team's playing, and it's a lot of fun. I got hooked into it. I mean, it was I was in sixth grade mm-hmm. when I went to my first NHL game, and that was a Pittsburgh Penguins game. Of course, it was. Why wouldn't it be a Pittsburgh Penguins? And that game? that's why I can defend myself. I've been in. I've been. I've been with them for what thirteen years now. Okay. So I'm not one of the bandwagon. Okay. Well, that's a, yeah. That's a great idea. So you got into it in sixth grade. Yep. Okay. I got into it 
back then when the Predators were not good, you could get club level seats for like 40 bucks. Oh, sure. Because they were a late expansion team. Extremely late. They did not have too much success. So you could get fantastic seats at a terrible price. (laughs) (laughs) So my dad would take me to Preds games. He would take my family to Preds games. And, you know, it's like first, second grade. I'm not really paying that much attention. I was all about baseball back then. But it was the summer going into my junior year of high school when I really got hooked on it because my baseball teammates, my travel baseball teammates, would play NHL. Mm. And I just wanted to fit in, and I just wanted to start getting into the sport. So I started playing NHL 15 on an Xbox 360. Or Shell, as the kids call it. Shell. Shell. Sorry. Forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to be cool here, and then I just butchered that one. I believe we have a lot of Shell fans fans. on campus for sure. Uh Uh-huh. But I got into it just by playing... And a, just by playing a video game, and then I started watching the games, and that was when they were making, that's when the Preds were making their big run. So that's how I got into it. And then two years later, I'm talking about it with the incomparable Ben Hatchet on the radio. Oh, thank you. For those of you that don't know, I was Jack's admission counselor. I think baseball did all the heavy lifting, mm-hmm. but then we got to connect a lot more in the spring. Oh, yeah. So this is a really cool, I don't know, come full circle yes. kind of deal where we talked about this a lot. Just as you were looking at DePaul, mm-hmm. and we'd talk about hockey, right, and then get back to talking about DePaul, right. We just sort of jumped into it. We had no right. idea if the audience was even aware of who PK Subban even was, and they might not be, and that's okay because we're still going to talk this about. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Um, is there any message we should be uh, sharing in your handy little sheet? Where's your little? I don't think there's anything that we need. We have something to do in eight minutes. Okay, I think so. Am I right about that? Yes. Just yes. keep going? Okay. Okay, we're keep going. We're good. Um, the other big thing about the Predators in this offseason is they signed Matt Duchesne. Mm. Matt Duchesne will be a great addition to the forward lines, but it does alienate one of two players, either Craig Smith or Kyle Turris. I don't know who is going to go on the third line. There are definitely some pros and cons to putting each uh to putting either player on the different lines but um and you've had a little experience with that projecting rosters haven't you yes uh i would want kyle turris to start on the second line because kyle turris is a playmaker so is mikhail glenlin and matt duchene is a shooter um I don't think that you could have a better line combination than Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, and Victor Arvidsson. Oh, I just, absolutely. That's, I just, your, that's your team. I just... It is. It really was. I just don't think they could separate that to try to counter out, you know, the bottom six or anything. They tried doing that with Arvidsson. It did not work. Right. I think you got to keep the top line together. But I think Duchesne and Glenland are the two guys you start on the second line so it's either Turris or Smith gets the boot okay um and then in that you think Pecorino can bring bring it he's got one more season in him yeah he's got one more it uh, can be a lot a lot of pressure on a goalie like that he gets a lot of play time it is all dependent on who shows up if it's playoff Pekka sure or Vesna Pekka Pecorino and goalies can do that too mm-hmm. I mean you can very well I mean look at Mark Andre Fleury. Look for at example. Fleury. 
Flurry Crawford. Was, Flurry is lights out when he's on, and he is. Oh, I remember five, six goals. I remember at least three or four seasons, maybe five, where he was just not good. Where it's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> Penguins are not. <laughs> the time is over. Cash it in. I love Mark Andre Flurry. Uh huh. So happy for him to have a chance. For those who don't know, after the Penguins' back-to-back Stanley Cup wins, the Vegas Golden Knight expansion draft happened where teams were limited to protect only so many players. Mm -hmm. So the Penguins had hot, up-and-coming goalie who's their number one now, Matt Murray. They couldn't protect two goalies. So obviously they're going to pick the then 21-year-old two-time Cup winner goalie in Matt Murray and let let the legend of Marc-Andre Fleury go and move and pack up and head out to Vegas. And then Pittsburgh is gone in the first couple of rounds the next season, and Mark andre Fleury returns right to the Stanley Cup. Back to, and you could say, I mean, there's so many cool storylines. You could say it was that vendetta mm-hmm. to prove that he still could do it. And he did it. Fleury, you know, there's so many different things. It's hard to say, because I see that argument, too, where it's like, oh, we should have kept Fleury. Right. What did the Penguins do? That was our, the Capitals and Vegas series was arguably the most fun series to watch. You had a team that really should be there with with the Capitals for how long uh-huh. for how long Ovi and the squad's been been grinding mm-hmm. to have some type of chance. And then Vegas, you have to root for them being their first season. It's the they're the underdogs. Right. The Golden Knights. But you want Ovechkin to win that cup. You want him to have one. Right. I'm happy. He had, he had been working so hard right. for it. He I was mean, the, the leading goal scorer last year. The man's only in his thirties. He looks like he's fifty. You don't know how more I was. I was really. Let's go back a year. I guess let's look at that that Capitals team. Mm-hmm. All their celebrations. Wow. Remember those? Oh yeah. I thought Ovi wasn't going to come back. It looks like he enjoyed drinking beer, mm-hmm. eating copious amounts he of pizza. He looked like a caveman. Yeah. By the time <laughs> he reverted full, full Russian. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, he was the standout of that series as well. Yeah. But and TJ Oshie, American hero. One in the world. I mean, it, it's not like it came out of nowhere. Right. But it was so much fun to watch because, I mean, it would just go down the ice, trade the chance, come back the other way. You know, you barely get in time for a line change. Like, it was just so fast. Right. Which I think for me, growing up in southern Indiana, Evansville, mm-hmm. being really close to both the Nashville Predators and the St. Louis Blues, I went to a lot of games. Oh, yeah. And... Looking at the Capitals team from two years ago mm-hmm. with Oshie, that's also why I was shocked and really happy to see the Blues get there. But I thought they were kind of going to be done. Now, Vladimir Tarasenko and, and the squad they have in St. Louis is, is a great team, clearly. They oh, won. Yeah. But without Oshie, and they've lost a few big pieces. They had goalie bouts many years ago between Brian Elliott and who was their other sidekick? Um well, he's the equivalent of like Robin to Batman. Sure, they had a they did an interesting thing where they had two top goalies for a while. They couldn't manage both salary wise. No. So anyway, growing up with those people, I thought that that would have been the team. Mm-hmm. And I would say many Blues fans this year would not have, except for that guy that we mentioned earlier. Except for that guy would have thought that this would have been the team. And I've heard that storyline a lot. Mm-hmm. Where of all the team, and that goes back to my point earlier with. How special hockey can be. Well, it takes 12 guys. It takes 12 guys to produce points top to bottom. I mean, top point getters like yeah. Sidney Crosby, 
Didn't show up in the playoffs this year. No. Did not show up. But you need every single line to contribute somehow. Let me let me defend uh, the captain, Sidney Crosby, a little bit. Zero points. As you, yeah, okay. Zero That's... points in round one against an Islanders team that was and correct me if I'm wrong. Had oh the Rob, Islanders Robin were Leonard in goal for New York. Yeah, they were they were He's lights out. Old. He's old, and he should not have stumped that first and second line of. Pittsburgh. But he had an interesting background, right? <clears throat> I guess wasn't his story pretty big. I mean, well, he, he was dealing with some personal issues for a long time, mm-hmm. and I think he had a heart to heart with the team. We can find that for the next. Yeah, we'll find next that for edition. The next show. But I think he. This had, is just kind of I an impromptu he, show, yeah, yeah. anyways. I think he kind of had an, uh, a vendetta, and then you bring in Barry Trotz, and I think he really galvanized that team mm-hmm. when they lost John Tavares. And many people said, "Well, that's the team. Mm-hmm. Bye bye, New York." And they were like, "No, no, no. We're we're a lot more than just one guy. Oh, who's now." up and in Toronto. Yeah. But to go back and defend the captain, Sidney Crosby, Whatever. whose birthday was earlier in the month, um, ESPN released their top, it was their decade team. So now we're, we're, we're capping, you know, heading in right right at the dawn of 2020, mm-hmm. um, the decade. So it's one of those things where they, they put together this team looking at uh, all the players from, from the last 10 years and Crosby, without a doubt, According to ESPN, not me, was named uh, the captain and leader of this decade team. And the reason they did that, he is the only player in the last ten years who has a total of nine hundred twenty-two points, averaging one point two six points per game. I'm just going to leave you with that. Okay, cool numbers guy. Whatever. Only player. Only player. Not even Ovi or Patrick Kane, which is what I was shocked by. I don't know what their totals are, but they don't have no 900 points. Yeah, but, I mean... You could argue, yeah, deep, several deep years. They played, he played, what, 100 games probably a couple seasons? Yeah. I get it. I'm so, just saying. I mean, well, Crosby is not the Penguins. No, I right. Crosby is not the Penguins. No, you've got Malkin, you've got... You know who is their team? Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. They are never going to win a cup in Edmonton. Never going to win a cup. Because, oh my gosh, Leon Dreisaitl had 50 goals. Connor McDavid had 41. They both topped And out. now James Neal over there. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That, according, that was the squeaky wheel that needed to research grease. earlier right. in the show. Yeah. That, that was the one. That was the missing link. For those of you that don't know, the Edmonton Oilers are terrible. Located in, in Canada. Are terrible. They, uh, they've they had many, many first-round draft picks because they have been the worst team, if not bottom three. They're just they so made one, bad. They made one glimmer of hope playoff run two years ago. Two years ago. When it doesn't matter. One, because one, they one did round. not return. No. You know, it's and really hard. McDavid had 116 points on a 78-point team. I mean, that is... Remarkably, right. that that proves if he can score on a bad team. Imagine if he went to a better team. Sure. Where do you think he could go? Uh, no, was, uh, sorry, he could go anywhere. He Where could he th- go anywhere. Oh, that is tough. I don't man. know. I'm sure. That, I thought they inked him pretty well. They made sure he's I mean, not going yeah, anywhere. Yeah, right. He but, is the face. He is the next Gretzky. He has already. I mean, he's getting the accolades, and you he, know, he's the greatest player. He darn well should. I'll convey that. 
Mm-hmm. And dry, in the league right now. Dreisaitl is overlooked, but it's like he's 105 points. Mm-hmm. I look at your screen right now, and I see, uh, is that Victor Hedman floating around there? we got to talk about the uh, the Lightning. President's Cup, <laughs> President's Trophy winners. <laughs> this team was hotter than anything. No, they weren't. They okay. did not have to play competitive <laughs> hockey for like... Never mind. They, Forget my hot take. They didn't have to play... Com- well, this is it. more this of a is, hot Yeah, take. this is more. Okay. They didn't have to play competitive hockey for four months. But they were putting absurd goal numbers. Again, I know, it, I know, I, yeah. It was like the NHL All Star Game where they were just every night, just every night, like seven zero. And then you get a team that went all in at free agency. Yeah, I mean Columbus went after Duchesne, Zingle, went after a couple more big names, and they showed up. They had like maybe two or three weeks to really collaborate, really get their stuff together, sure. and then they came in and dominated. It looked, from the start of game one, it looked like the Lightning, it was just going to be like any other game. Right. And then Columbus stormed back. Right. In the second or third period. Did not take... Entirely their, different team. Did not take their foot off the gas. No. And knocked the Lightning off. They shocked the Lightning, if Did you they will. sweep? They did, didn't they? They swept. Yeah. I was in the booth when it happened, and it was after game three when Nashville was playing Dallas, and it happened on air. Two or three. Oh, I'm sure the reaction was just priceless. Oh, it was incredible. Two Especially th- for your location too. Uh-huh. Thinking about what what could happen later on. Because that was the that was the pick. That was yeah. That was that was the Stanley Cup winners. And right that there. was what every team was looking at. Of like, okay, how can we beat them if we make this? Sure, we got a few rounds to get through. But you wouldn't have to worry about them being out in the you know until. That's the disadvantage of being in the Atlantic Conference, though. Right. Because you. That's a great point. You got the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers. You've got. I mean, I, I mean, the 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 difficulty with being with playing in the Eastern Conference is that there are so many star-studded teams, and they're so physical and can score so many goals that there's they got to be dog tired by the time they get to the cup. No matter who makes it, they sure. have to be no, so it's a long, tired. It's a long, yeah. I mean, that's not to say that the Central Division hasn't beefed up overnight with the additions of Joe Pavelski and, um, oh, who is it? Uh, he was on the Ducks. Corey Perry. Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski are now on the Dallas Stars. Right. A lot of shakeup out west. And, you know, Matt Duchesne. Because they bought now, out Corey Perry, then captain, mm-hmm. and, and sent it packing. And yeah. And it's. But you're right. If you look, I mean, Tampa Bay, obviously, President's Cup winner. And then you have Boston and Toronto are really the only other teams in that. And that's pretty, obviously, Boston was in the final. Yeah. So that's a competitive group, those three. But you're right. Thinking about a lighter schedule, mm-hmm. they're playing against the Buffalo Sabres. The Ottawa Senators. <laughs> yeah. And the Red Wings, which we bashed a little bit at the start. Because they've been rebuilding. How, what constitutes as a rebuild if it's been almost... A long, six a years. long rebuild. Six years. It hasn't been that long. I bet so. I mean, going from which is crazy with the, with Detroit going from uh, twenty one straight postseason appearances to then and now their team represents their city, mm-hmm. just bankrupt. <laughs> rebuilding. Rebuilding. They've got little season. Uh, pizza. Yeah, that's a, that's a better term for Detroit yeah. as a city. Let's They're give Detroit a chance. They're Come rebuilding. On. Okay, but. I don't know. You face teams like 
the Maple Leafs and the Bruins and the Lightning. I picked the Maple Leafs to win the Cup last year. I just thought that with Mitch Marner and Tavares that there was no way they couldn't win. But, I mean, I'm going to keep doing lightning puns, if that's okay. The lightning <laughs> took the league by storm, mm. and did you catch it? I got gotcha. you. Ca- yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Is there another part? Are we still going with that? No, oh, okay. no just, I'm just, I'm just going to okay. keep going. But, I mean, they they took, storm. The, they took the league by storm. Yeah, said it again. Dominated, yep. and then got eliminated, and then Boston That'll- played Toronto in the first round. Took it the seven. It could have gone either way, and then from there it was Boston had pretty a pretty easy track if if I could say that. Yeah, and they didn't have to play competitive hockey until they played the Blues, right? And it and that was a great series. I mean, back and forth. Logistically, the Blues should not have won those series. Mm. So any of those series. I, I, I just don't think that Winnipeg should have lost. I definitely don't think Dallas should have lost with the way that their coaching turned it around as well. They became more defensive-oriented, focused on protecting the crease. And then, they, they statistically, it made no sense. But they still did it. I don't get it. Right. Do you have an explanation on that? I think it's Gloria, their victory song. It has to be. That's what turned them around. Seriously. They came together as a team at a, at a bar. I can't remember where they were. <laughs> Seriously. It was, how better of a story? No, they, they were at some bar, and somebody else was playing Gloria mm-hmm. on loop. And, and then they, the team adopted it, and they're like, yeah, let's do what they're doing. They're having a great time. And so they started playing it at the end of every win in right. the locker room. Mm-hmm. And this was just in the spring. This is entirely just spring development. Mm-hmm. And you see that with a lot of these teams. You look at the Capitals. You look at the Penguins the two years prior. Mm-hmm. They can have all the talent, but you can tell when teams are playing for each other. Right. As opposed to just treating it as a job. Mm-hmm. Well, And that Blues team, they did not treat it as a job. They were fighting for each other. Yeah. I'm going to wrap this up because I... My my babysitter is like, hey, we need to we need to get going with this. So I'm going to wrap this up with a quick story. I'm going to follow up. I just put out an article about how I met Philip Forsberg. Mm. So I will tell. It's uh, a great read. Yeah, I'll tell. And he's got th- some interesting theories in there too. I'll tell. I'll tell the quick story. So Philip Forsberg, he's the left wing, first line, Nashville Predators, big guy. I, I mean, like he's a big guy in terms of points. And I had the privilege of shadowing an NHL correspondent, Robbie Stanley, and for a morning skate, he takes me down to the Preds locker room, and I walk up to him, and he is, by my rec, he's like 10 feet tall. I mean, he is towering. Sure, a giant. Him. Yes. Not I mean, even on skates, maybe, at the time. Was he on skates, He too? was on skates. So there's another... His yeah. shoulders were like mine but doubled in size and length like he's just huge and you know his hair looks so great when it's like he's pulled it back the hockey flow the hair is out he looks like hockey Jesus Mm. and Robbie goes or Mr. Stanley or Robbie I don't know if he's going to listen to this but Robbie goes uh, hey Phil I wanted you to meet my friend he's uh, shadowing me today and Phil without hesitation leans down 
so that his chest is in my face. No, I, I'm being dead serious. That tall. <laughs> he, he, his chest is in my face. I can smell everything that he had done. Oh, sure. On it's morning the, skate. On the ice. Team practice. I mean, I can... And hockey equipment in general. And a hockey locker room is notorious for being one of the smelliest gross. places on earth. He's just... To continue with your story. In my face. Almost nose to chest. And he goes, hey, I'm Phil. And he hands me... Like he a, didn't know. A dead fish handshake. And I squeeze it like a person, like a normal human being. I'd squeeze his hand. And later that night, I'm sitting in the stands, and they're playing the Coyotes. They're losing three to nothing in the third period. And he did not return to the ice for an extended amount of time. And the headline the next morning was Philip Forsberg is out with a right hand injury for four to six weeks. Are you catching that, everybody? You are looking at the culprit. You're hearing the culprit. I did it. He did it. That was me. I single-handedly either broke his hand or gave him bad mama-jama that cost the Predators a month and a half of Philip Forsberg's Because your locker room handshake. Because of the locker room handshake. And that's one storyline you will not see anywhere. No. Except here. Except here on WGRE in Greencastle. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to our inaugural episode of Puck Talk. I promise we'll be a little bit more structured next time. Thank you for yeah listening to us ramble. Hopefully you all learned a few, uh, a few things about hockey. About yeah. hockey. But um, Ben Hatchett, once again, I am Jack Woods. Thank you for listening to Puck Talk, and we will see you all next Friday. Go Tigers. I'm a school bus driver. I am a parent. I am a teacher's aide. And I agree to be identified as a caring adult who pledges to help bullied students. I will listen carefully to all students who seek my help. And act on their behalf. To put an immediate stop to bullying. I will work with other caring adults to create a safe learning environment for all the students in my school. In my school. In my school. In my school. I'm Teresa Meredith, president of the Indiana State Teachers Association. Help us create safe, bully-free learning environments for all students in Indiana. One caring adult can make all the difference. Take the pledge to be that adult at nea.org slash bullyfree. Adults have the power to stop bullying in our schools. It starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with me. Bully-free, it starts with me. A message from the Indiana State Teachers Association. I'm Emily Park, class of 2008. I'm a reporter and anchor at Coin6 CBS News in Portland. You're listening to 91.5 WGRE Greencastle. AP Radio News. I'm 
Tim McGuire, President Trump says he will respond to China's latest $75 billion tariff increase, which is in response to his tariffs. He also called on U.S. companies to consider alternatives to doing business in China. PNC Financial's chief economist Gus Fauché says the trade war isn't doing anyone any good. We're seeing China retaliate by putting uh, tariffs on imports from the U.S. into China. Uh, that will weigh on U.S. exports and weigh on U.S. economic growth. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's a negative for the U.S. economy, for the Chinese economy, and the global economy. Trump's remarks touching off a slide on Wall Street. The Dow